0: How was you guys' Christmas? Was it sweet? So good. Did anybody, anybody like travel far away? Shoot out a, a distant place, where'd you go? Texas? Nice, that's kind of far away, yeah. Anybody else? Nobody, awesome. <laughs> Texas wins, you guys win. See me afterwards, we'll give you a prize. Just kidding. Your prize is in heaven. Kingdom cash. <laughs> so I hope everyone had, a, uh, had an awesome Christmas. Uh, we're, we're, like, This is actually the first year to where we didn't have a week off, and I know a lot of people are confused, because we had our Christmas party a week before the week before Christmas, um, and everyone was like, do we still have service? So we were excited to see you guys the last week, and then normally New Year's also falls on a Thursday, so this is the first year where we don't take two weeks off, and this is awesome. We love seeing you guys. We love getting to connect with you guys. Yes. I was, I was talking to someone earlier who said that they, their work took the entire week off. And I was like, oh man, that's awesome. I wish my work would have taken. And he's like, but then we couldn't be here. And I was like, oh But I still wish I had the week off. Um, <laughs> I'm already all over the place. So if you guys were here last week, we, we started off, Jake started off into a, a new series that we're doing talking about the access vision. Um, these, are, these are just our, our core values. These are the things that that we're chasing after as an office and that we hope that you guys come along for the ride with and, uh, and would pursue after as well. So um, if you were here last week, you heard that we have three E's. We also covered this uh, a couple months back at a night of worship that we did. Um, can anyone name off one of the E's? Equip. Equip. That was last week. We talked about Equip last week. Encounter. Encounter. and. It's not encouraged. That is an E-word, though. Equip. i got to look at my notes. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> oh, engage. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm failing right now. So last week we talked about equip. Pastor Jake came up and, and talked about um, just the idea of, of how Jesus would disciple his disciples and how he would equip them to, to not just do religious activity, but to, to work in the way of the kingdom. Uh, he often said last week over and over that jesus didn't he didn 't come to to really teach anything he came to reveal what it looks like to live in the kingdom kingdom living and I think that 's awesome and that 's very much the the heart of access is we want to partner with you guys and not just have you guys come and be butts in the seats but be feet on the streets, as they say you know. Like, actually, go out there. You like that? Yeah, it was good. I didn't come up with that, but I'll claim it. That's fine. Uh, but uh, not just come in here and gather, because, you know, so oftentimes that, that could be the, the complacent church doing, you know? I grew up in a church to where we just came and gathered every week and kind of punched our spiritual time card to make sure that we were on the, the roster for heaven, and that's not what we're about at all. We're about coming here and gathering and getting to to enter into corporate worship and worship with one another. And as iron sharpens iron, so can we, you know, we can have engaging conversation and and point each other towards the Lord. But it doesn't end there. It looks like us going back into our workplace, back into our school, back into everyday life, bringing the kingdom of heaven down. Does that make sense? Who in here is excited about that? Like, I, I... I think it's so boring to come in and just listen to a message week after week after week. Not your messages, Jake, they're, they're not boring. But, like, we were talking earlier today about there's so much, uh, I, like, so many people have the idea that Jesus came and, and saved us from hell. And that's true, but he didn't just save us from hell. He saved us unto something. He saved us unto good works, right? So we, we are saved by faith through grace, or through grace by faith for good works, right? And, and oftentimes we, we forget about those good works or we, we associate that with works mentality, but those are two completely different things. See, we're not here to give you a, a list of here's the next six steps for your, your Christian life. We're here to show you what the kingdom looks like so you could go out and live that in your everyday life. So we're, we're definitely about equipping. That's one of our E's. The next E is encounter. We're all about encountering the presence of God. We absolutely love that. I'm going to talk about that tonight, but honestly, we, we are not well equipped until we have encountered. Does that make sense? The third E is Engage. Next week, we're going to kick off a a series that's going to go into talking about small groups and engaging with each other, engaging with community, engaging with access, engaging with the leadership team, engaging with all sorts of different things that you can engage with within access, but within your Christian life that will help you to encounter God and equip you to go out and do good works. Does that sound good? That is our vision. So it says, The the overall vision of Res Life is to equip, or gosh, (laughs) Uh, we exist to create totally committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. At Access, our mission is to empower the believer to influence their sphere, sphere, uh, however you want to say it, sphere of influence for the kingdom of God, and we do that through our three E's. So I'm going to pray real quick, and then we're going to get into the message. Those French for you guys that didn't know. <laughs> Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for, for everyone that, that made it out tonight, that uh, came here to, to just worship with each other. God, worship you. God, we counted our joy to be here in your presence. We counted our joy to be here amongst our, our brothers and sisters and to, to just cry out for more of you, God. Cry out, Abba, Father. And Holy Spirit, we we welcome you here. We invite you here. And we give you full reign over tonight, over our conversations, over this message. God, I pray that, that the words that I share are of you. God, and that I'm able to uh, to not just teach about an encounter, but God, that that we could all just step into an encounter tonight together to experience you, to encounter you, your joys, your your goodness, and all that you are, God. So I pray for a greater revelation tonight of of just you and your heart, who you are, your love for us, and your kingdom, God. So have your way. God, we love you, we praise you, and pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. When you say it like that, amen, it's more religious, and it's more powerful. You guys are learning things. <laughs> I told you, I was here to teach. Actually, I'm not a I'm not a good teacher. Does anybody notice that? Like, no, no, and I, like I mean this seriously. Like, I, I I was thinking about this when I was sitting over during worship, and I was like, you know, you're always about to go up on stage, and I I love being on stage, not for the the sake of it being a platform. It's just very I I feel very comfortable up here. Maybe I look like complete buffoon, I don't know, uh, but I, I do feel comfortable up here, but it's not in a, a sense of, I feel comfortable teaching, like, I'm no Bible scholar or anything like that, but, uh, and if you guys haven't noticed, there's just, like, literally just one thing that I teach on, or preach on, and it's just, I, I come at it from all sorts of different uh, directions, because if there's one thing that I do know, it's just, I, I know the, the sweet taste of an encounter with our God. Like, I, the, that's like, that's my my goal in life is to just know him more. You know what I mean? I remember I was I was an intern and I was sitting down one morning and I was just like crying out to God, like, I, God, I just want to know you more. I just want to, like, just everything else aside, I just want to know who you are. I want to know you, God. I just want to have a relationship with you. I want to know you like a friend. I want to be able to talk to you like a friend. I hear... You know, and I read these things in scripture to where, where people encounter God face to face and they talk to him like, like a friend would. And, and I just didn't experience that in my life up to that point. And I was just sitting there and, and just praying through this whole thing and just kind of like, you know, kind of coming at it from a very probably religious aspect of like trying to work my way into his presence and into an encounter with him. And probably about 20 to 30 minutes later, I, I got a text from um, Pastor Matt Schmucker, who, who used to be a pastor here on staff, and uh, just a man that I, I love so dearly because he's, he's brought me into so many different encounters with God. And um, he texted me Psalm 27.4. He said, hey, uh, I just feel like I'm supposed to send this over to you today, and I feel like this is really going to be a cry of your heart. So I, I opened up my Bible, and I turned to Psalm 27. It says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. I'm going to read that one more time because I absolutely love this verse. One thing that I ask from the Lord, just one thing do I ask of him, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to gaze on the beauty of the Lord To seek him in his temple. And I just, I read that, and that morning, you know, I was already crying out to just know him more. And it just like, man, it it was like the perfect verse to put just the cry of my heart into words. Just one thing that I wanna know of God. I wanna just experience him. I wanna live in his house all the days of my life. To know him. To gaze upon his beauty. To see his beauty in everything. And from then, and I've talked about this a lot. Uh, I've just been on this this journey over the last few years of just living that out almost, you know? Like, And I'm going to be growing into to further, we're all going to be growing into further uh, just uh, manifestations of that verse in our life, you know? Getting to, to experience more of him, getting to experience more of his beauty, getting to experience more of his love and encounter more of his joy. But it was just like, from that moment on, it, there was just this fire in my heart going, God, I want that for my life. I want to live in your house all the days of my life. I want to see your beauty. And just started looking for that throughout my life, throughout day, like day after day after day, just going, where's the beauty of God in today? And just getting to see it in the smallest little things. And there's, there's still plenty of times where I miss it. But at the same time, I, I like instill the cry in my heart. And I pray that it's the cry in my heart for the rest of my life is to know him more. So there's, you know, we talk about, we talk about equipping you guys and, and getting to send you guys out there into the world and go on and, and help the Dream Center. We love what the Dream Center is doing. And United, we love what United is doing. And going downtown and, and serving downtown and serving the homeless and, and serving uh, neighborhoods that, uh, didn't get to experience Christmas unless we could step up and partner with them or or getting to go into our our work and and be able to minister to people, be able to witness to people, being able to to just be a smile in someone's life to where they didn't see a smile all week long. Those are powerful, powerful, important things. That's the kingdom coming down onto earth. But I think if, if we do all that and if we teach you all that and if we equip you good enough to go out and be good people to the world, but we neglect to to help you walk into the presence of God and to encounter Him and to be empowered by Him and to learn His voice, then we haven't done our job. Because there's a lot of things in the kingdom that we could do on our own workings. There's a lot of things. I I could go out into the world and be a good person to, to the best of my ability. That's what I did for a long time and that's what I thought Christianity looked like for a long time. Well, if I don't do this, this, and this, but if I do do this, this, and this, then I'm a Christian, then I'll get into heaven. And we say it all the time, and we hear it all the time, of what, it's, it's all about relationship, but what does that actually look like? What does that actually look like? So I, I, I strongly think if we, if we equip you to the best of our ability and to the best of your ability, that's not enough because we need to be equipped to the best of God's ability, and that's supernatural. That's more than we could ever do. That's more than we could ever think of, ask of, or imagine. Is this making sense? I just remember, I remember coming to, I wasn't going to go to that scripture yet, but I'm going to go there. remember coming to uh, Matthew seven twenty one through 23. And I, when I started into my, you know, because you're given, when you start off in Christianity, typically somebody will give you like a, the little New Testament has like the Psalms in the front and then the New Testament. So I'd always start off in Matthew because that's at the beginning, right? And I'd just read through Matthew and then I'd like lose the Bible and pick it up like three months later and I'd read through Matthew again because I forgot everything before. So I'd have to start back over. And, you know, I was reading through Matthew all these different times and I remember getting to this point and, uh, and here in this verse, it's in Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Jesus is saying, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. I remember reading that. And here's these, like, here's these people that legitimately thought they were Christians, right? They, they, <clears throat> these people that came up to, to Jesus and said, Lord, Lord, I've done all of these things in your name. I mean, they're, they're claiming they know his name. They know the power and weight that goes with his name. They've done all these things that are really Christian good things to do, right? Cast out demons and heal people and, you know, like things of the kingdom. And it's like he totally brushes it off and he looks at him and he says, I don't care. I never knew you. And I, I, I was reading through this today and I'd never, it's so interesting. So he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father. And like, if you're anything like me, if I were to see people prophesying in Jesus' name, driving out demons in Jesus' name, performing miracles, signs, and wonders in Jesus' name, I would think that they were doing the will of God, right? But I think what Jesus is saying here is you misunderstand what the will of God is. And this is is a good thing because I would say 90% of my conversations with you guys when I sit down one-on-one is all about I want to know what God's will is for my life. What is God's will for my life? How do I know God's will for my life? How do I know what I'm supposed to do in life? How do I know, however you want to word it, that's oftentimes what our generation especially, I think every generation, but we're all in a season of transition, right? You guys are either coming out of college and, and going into the workforce or some of you guys are entering into to new areas with marriage and uh, you know we're, we're sitting here going like, God, I'm 20 I'm, I'm something or I'm 19 or whatever it might be and going like, what do you want me to do? And oftentimes I think we, we associate God's will for our life with all these things and these tasks and all these good Christian things. And I think what Jesus is saying here is God's will for your life is for you to know Christ, for you to enter into that relationship and everything else flows from that. And what that will look like is you doing all those things in his name, but it came from a place of knowing him first and then doing things second. That's the word. That is the word. Jesus says in, uh, well, I don't know right where it is. Told you I'm not a Bible scholar. But he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Another translation says, those who love me keep my commands. And I think we oftentimes hear this as, and like, I love Jesus, so I have to keep his commands, or, you know, I have to keep his commands in order to show him that I love him. But personally, what I think he's saying is, It comes from loving me and knowing me that those commands just flow out of you. Because now when you're connected to the source and when you're connected to Jesus Christ and his voice, you can't help but to flow out with kingdom. It's kingdom flowing into you and then overflowing out from you onto everyone else. Which is awesome. Jake and I talk about this all the time. That's awesome because it takes everything off of us and puts it on him. How many of you guys have, have gone through your Christian walk and, and have like tried your hardest to do every or tried your hardest to be, you know, a light to the world and well I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and today I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get like thirteen words for people and, and I'm just gonna go up and I'm gonna deliver all these words and people are gonna come to the Lord, people are gonna cry and weep, people are gonna fall to the floor and just, you know, do what saved people do. I don't know talk like turkeys or something, I don't know. And, and we try and we try and we try and we try and muster up this, this, you know, Christian walk and we just get frustrated and we go, well, maybe I'm just not a good enough Christian. Maybe I, just, maybe I just don't read my Bible enough. Maybe I just, maybe I don't know the Lord. It has nothing to do with that. Like I said, it, it takes everything off of us and puts everything on him. That's what the cross is for, right? Yeah. Jesus went to the cross to take all the burdens off of us and to put them on him. And sometimes we try and we try and put off the burdens of the world, but then we try and take on the burdens of the church. And that, that was never our job. Our job is to be plugged into him and then everything else will flow out from that. And I, I can't tell you, like, It it may sound like I'm just trying to be, I don't know, like boisterous about our office, but one of the things that I absolutely love about working with, with the team that we have, with Tiffany and Jake and Andrew and all of our other leaders that come into the office throughout the week, I absolutely love the fact that the presence of God and encountering God is at the center of everything that we talk about, is at the center of everything that we do. Everything else, I mean, we could do conferences, we could do service after service after service, we could do amazing worship sets, but if it's all void, the encounter of Christ, then it's void anything at all. If you come in here and you you encounter a good worship set or you encounter a good message, we've missed the point our messages, our worship, our conversations are always, always, always meant to draw you into an encounter with God. I remember, I, I've i shared this from stage before, but I used to go through this thing, and, and like I said, I'd read through Matthew, and then I'd forget it, and it just didn't make any sense to me, and it, it just like, it would go in one ear and slip out the other, and then I'd read it again, and I'd read it again, and I'd read it again, and I was trying to to find out what am I supposed to do with my life, right? Like, how am I supposed to live as a good Christian? And I remember uh, Blake McDaniels, who was a pastor here a while back, he said, if you're not reading the the scripture to encounter the person of Jesus Christ, then you've missed the point. And it completely shifted the way that I entered scripture. Because now this didn't just become the, the word of God, this became the living, breathing word of God. The Word of God that that embraced me that you know like it's that that John Word of God, where Jesus came down to earth as the Word of God came and was made flesh. How many of you guys understand that Jesus Christ is the Word of God, which is also a side note people that say uh in, this is you know this is not condemnation or anything like that, but just if this can shift just a couple people 's uh, thought process of, well, I went to Jesus and he just didn 't say anything, that makes no sense because Jesus is the Word of God. <laughs> he has so much to say he 's literally the Word of God and, and that 's not to say that you didn 't enter into an encounter with Jesus Christ. I, I just think that sometimes sometimes we can encounter God without realizing that we 've encountered God. We were talking earlier in the office that just because you know I prayed earlier. I said, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Just because Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ are in the room doesn't mean that we actually give way to him, right? Jake could be in the room talking to me and I could be completely oblivious looking the other direction. Jesus Christ is always there with you. He's always talking to you. But there's, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is Moses, right? And he walks up and he's walking past this burning bush and ooh, a guitar pick. Keeping that one. Sorry, whoever's that is. <laughs> I'll give it back. Don't worry. I'm not about stealing. That would not be a Christian thing to do. Um, so Moses is walking past this burning bush. And, and he looks over and he sees that it's burning, which is interesting. And it's not like, it's on fire, but it's not burning up, right? It's not consuming. It's not burning down to the ground. It's just constantly on fire. And that was weird the Lord. And, and the Bible says that he turned his heart to see why it wasn't burning. Like this was this was a manifestation of God on this bush. And Moses turned his heart. And when, when he turned his heart to engage with and to, to look and see why it wasn't burning, that's when the angel of the Lord spoke to him. That's when he was able to hear God's voice. And I think oftentimes, Jesus Christ could be this burning bush, so to speak, in, in the room. And we see it, and we can walk right past it. Is there people talking in the back. Quit it. <laughs> but seriously, calling you out. You guys understand what I'm saying? Just because, you know, the Bible is true when it says that Jesus is always with us. He will never forsake us. He will never leave us. He's always there with us. He's always, he is omnipresent. He is is literally everywhere. But just because he is in the room does not mean that we are giving our ear to his voice. So I say that to say this. Many of you guys have encountered Jesus Christ, have encountered the Lord, and didn't even realize it. And even if you do have a relationship with the Lord, I think there's still places in our life that, that we come into an encounter with God that we don't necessarily take time to realize or take time to thank him with. So... I just wanted to uh, share with you from Philippians 3. It says, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same thing to you again. Which I, I love this verse because oftentimes when I speak, I, I say the same things to you. But Paul says, I don't care. I'm going to say the same things over and over. And it is a safeguard to you. So you're welcome. This is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in his flesh or in the flesh, though I myself have all the reason for such confidence. If anyone else thinks that they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. This is a very interesting thing for, like, he's... He's literally building himself up right now to say, no, no, I have more than you. I, I, if you want to compare, you know, our Christian lives, that's what Paul's saying, then I have you beat. said, I, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tri- tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law of Pharisee, which was like, they were the Bible scholars, the people that knew the law to the, like, to the T, As for zeal, persecuting the church. So he was the one who enforced the law. He was doing God's work, right? So he thought. And for righteousness based on the law, faultless. He said, I had no fault. I didn't sin. But whatever we gain, or whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, So he's saying, I had all the accolades. I was the Christian of Christians back in the, you know, I was the Pharisee of Pharisees at that point, the Jew of Jews, I guess you could say. And, and he, he knew everything, he was doing everything right, and then he goes, I counted it all as loss because I actually understood what it was all about. It says to know Christ Jesus. Everything else was garbage, but to know Christ Jesus. One of my favorite verses, John 17, three says, now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And I won't go into, a. a I love this verse and I, there's a whole message that I could give on it, but that idea of no, I've said it from stage before. When you look it up in the root word, it actually, in other uh, scriptures in the Bible, that, that same word no is when like a husband knew a wife, and they bore a child. It's a very sexual term, actually. So what does that mean? Like, He's saying that they may know you, God. That they may not just know about you, not just know all the scriptures about you, but to actually understand who you are. Like a husband and wife would connect, right? Emotionally, spiritually, physically, and that they may know you, God, in a way that surpasses any other relationship, in a way that only, only a husband and wife could possibly comprehend. And even that is, is imperfect, right? Because like, we're going to spend the rest of eternity getting to know God. And the beauty of this, actually, why don't we, uh, well, never mind, I'm not going to do that just yet and you guys will get distracted. I'm going to have a paper handed out to you guys and we're going to do an exercise here in a minute. But just this idea of knowing God, the best way that we could possibly equip you is to to walk you into the presence of God and make that introduction and and show you what it looks like to live a daily life in his presence, live a daily life turning to the Lord to hear his voice and everything else is going to flow out of that. I remember I, I shared this at the retreat that we we had at a Grace Adventures, was that last month now or two months ago? Um, I shared this story, but I remember a day that I was driving home from, from church and I live out in Kentwood. So normally going from church, I go that way. And I get to, uh, was this, 52nd right here? 50, yeah, 52nd and Byron Center. And uh, normally I would turn right to go home. And I just felt on my heart, you know, this is that that daily conversation with the Lord. Like, I just felt, go left. And I said, that's not of the Lord. That makes no sense. No, I didn't say that. So so I'm like sitting here, but I'm at a red light. So I had time to, negative 40 seconds. Am I over already? Okay, I didn't look at the clock. Can you put like another two hours up there for me? <laughs> just kidding, but seriously. So here I am at the light. and And... You know, normally I would go right, and I'm wrestling with this whole idea of like, okay, is this really God? Am I supposed to go left? It makes no sense whatsoever. So I end up, I just heard it again, and I go, okay. And by heard, it wasn't like, you know, audible voice from the pastor, go left, my child. <laughs> Thus saith the Lord. There's no burning bush in my, my car. All <laughs> that would have been sweet. <laughs> There's so many jokes I can make there. <laughs> okay, I won't. Um, <laughs> so, so I end up going left, right? And I'm driving down Byron Center. And I, I get to 44th Street, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go right here. And I hear, go straight. So I'm like, okay, Lord. I go straight. And he brings me on this whole adventure to where, I mean, normally where I would, I'd go, get on the highway, get off, and then I'm pretty much home, right? Now I'm, this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. And now I'm like running out of gas. I'm like, okay, well, I'm stopping at a gas station. I stop at a gas station and I'm pumping gas and all of a sudden it starts like just pouring, downpouring. And I look over at the bus stop and there's this mother and her child standing at the bus stop and she's kind of like trying to huddle over him because it's just like pouring rain on him. And it's cold at this point, right? It's fall, uh, they 're like just soaking wet, and Emily and i we, we go to IKEA, and anytime we go to IKEA, I love because the umbrellas there are so cheap, right? I buy like ten of them, okay, like five of them we 're not that rich um, <laughs> I work at a church seriously. you guys need to touch no i 'm just kidding <laughs> um, so we buy we buy extra umbrellas because they 're nice big umbrellas and they 're cheap, and, and we give them away um, so I had one of those, it was an orange Ikea umbrella in the back seat. And, uh, and I look over and I see this, this, uh, this mother and her child. And I'm like, oh man. So I, I grab the umbrella and I walk over to them. And I, they're kind of like looking at me because I'm like, I'm making eye contact with them and I'm, I'm not looking away, I'm kind of like, I'm coming for you. <laughs> and I got this umbrella and I was probably holding it up like this, I don't know. So I get over to him and I said, hey, I see that you guys are out here in the rain, just gave him an umbrella. And I said, just felt like God brought me all the way over here just to give you this umbrella. And I start walking away and I just hear God say, now wasn't that fun? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> that, was, that was the whole reason why. I, I, at that point, I felt released to go back home. All 15 miles that it took to get there. Jeez. <laughs> but like, this is what it looks like when, when we're actually attuned to God's voice. All of a sudden, things that, that don't make sense kind of start to become this adventure that we get to be on with him. <laughs> Thank you, man. I will preach this. And, and, and we, we go on this kingdom adventure. And all of a sudden, life becomes exciting. And, and Christianity becomes real. And it becomes exciting. And it's not just about going to church on Sundays or going to church on Thursdays. It's about living this thing out in real life. A couple, couple months ago, I was uh, scrolling, I'm, I'm big on Instagram, right? I love Instagram. I'm um, scrolling through Instagram, and I'd seen this post that came up, and it was it was kind of a, a dark post. It was uh, something to the extent, it was like a little gif uh, meme, to the extent of like that unfortunate moment when you realize that you woke up and you didn't die in your sleep. And I was like, well, that's a little dark. And I go on and, and go on to, and I, I like kind of curating my Instagram feed. Um, so I go over to the, the Instagram account and I'm looking at the last couple of posts and they're all kind of this negative, kind of dark um, look out, outlook on life. And I almost went to just unfollow them because I was like, I don't need that in my newsfeed. And, and I, my, like, my finger was going to hit the unfollow and I just felt like God said, reach out to him." I don't know this guy. I don't even remember following his feed, um, so I, I sent him a message and I said, "I said, hey man, uh, I don't know you. I don't know what you're going through, but over your, your last couple of posts, it looks like you're struggling with something." Uh, I said, "Man, if you need to get a Skype call in or, or, or something, I'd just I'd love to be here for you, give you a listening ear, and I just want you to know that that God hasn't given up on you." And I just send it. Didn't know if I was going to get anything back. God was probably going to block me or something. Oh, he's just one of them Jesus freaks trying to reach out and save me. About, I don't know, half an hour, an hour later, I, I get a response back from the guy. He goes, dude, that's so kind of you. He goes, I don't, I don't know, and I'm not, I don't share this to say, oh, look at me. I'm just sharing, like, this is the journey that God will take you on when, when you start into hearing his voice. And and we just, we end up going through this. He goes, man, like, he goes, I, I've really felt like lately God wanted to, like, grab my heart. And he goes, and you reaching out to me has really shown me that, that that's true. And we, we ended up messaging back and forth, and he's also a photographer, and um, ended up like just connecting with him, I, I sent him a package of some of my prints because he'd mentioned that he enjoyed some of my photography that I do. So, made some prints out for him and just sent him a care package. He lives in uh, like Russia, Soviet, uh, and it's awesome. His name is Tom, and uh, since then, we've been... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom the Russian <laughs> makes total sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know Tom the Russian. And, and since then, we've become really good online friends and kind of like pen pals. So I'll see his Instagram story, and I'll, I'll just send him a encouragement. He's, he's been posting some really encouraging things lately uh, and kind of has really shifted his life around. And, and I, I don't account that to, to my text message to him or my Instagram message to him, but I do account it for what God's doing in his life. And I'm, I'm extremely happy to have partnered with, with that versus just unfollowing him off my, my Instagram feed. Does that make sense? Like, what made sense to me in the natural was I don't want to surround myself with negativity. But what made sense to God, and and luckily with me listening to His voice, God was like, "Man, He's negative. Like, He's dealing with negativity. He's not trying to produce negativity. Go and bring positivity in His life." It's just incredible, incredible. And it all comes from this this place of just encountering God and hearing His voice from, and. And I just kind of like, real quickly, I don't, I don't have it in my notes or break it down or anything like this of what it looks like to, because some of you guys are still sitting here going, I, I don't know what it looks like to encounter God. I don't know what it looks like to hear his voice. Like, if it's not an audible voice, what is it? And there's a lot of different ways that we can encounter God. Uh, most people, they, they would describe it as just kind of feeling an impression on their heart uh, or in their mind, you know, however you want to describe that. Of man, I really feel like God's saying this. Or, you know, it's just this like internal dialogue that you have. It's not necessarily an audible voice. It could be an audible voice. I've had the audible voice show up in my life one time. Or it could look like coming from someone else. One of the things that I, I, I love doing, and I shared this with uh, with the people that were in my breakout at the uh, the retreat that we did, was sometimes sometimes I find it difficult to hear from my for myself from God. So one of the things that I shared with others is I love like starting my day off and I don't do this every day. I should, um, but I forget oftentimes. I love starting my day off with just sitting and going, God, who do you want to talk to and who do you want to encourage right now? And just sit and listen for, for someone's name to come onto my heart and then to go, God, what do you want to share with them? And then listen for, the, listen for that impression of like, oh man, you know, I want to tell him he's a rock star. Dude, you're a rock star. I want to tell her that she's, she's cherished your chairs, I don't typically text women, I text my wife, I've (laughs) caught myself, I was like that doesn't sound good, Uh, but anyways, mostly I'm texting, yeah, and, um, (laughs) whatever, sounded terrible, I don't text other women, (laughs) I made it awkward, I'll just leave it there, let's just sit in awkwardness for a second. I I told Jake, every single time I come up on stage and speak, I I carry around my mug. And typically I'll go up and I'll start to speak. So I'll just, I don't ever drink out of my mug. So I was telling Jake this whole time I was just going to walk around and I was going to go to, and then like starting never, no, I'm making no sense right now. So anyway, (laughs) there is coffee in here. What time is it? Gosh. Oh, all right. Is, would, I'm fired. So you said seriously fire me. Um, are you guys, are you guys okay with like, I, I want to do an activation, but I want to share something with you as well. Are you guys with us going over for a couple minutes? Is that fine? Like by a couple minutes, I mean like an hour. So um, if, if you do have children in childcare, Um, just be looking at the the clock you know at 9 o'clock go get your kids bring them back in here and you know they can hear the word of God too so one of the things I want to I told my wife I wasn't going to share this but I am going to share this I so if you guys know me you guys know that I have like this, this renewed or this new passion for coffee right you're like where is this going so just a, a few years back, I, I never drank coffee, because people, you know, I grew up, and if, if any of you guys are, are like me, you know, I worked in different warehouses and stuff like that, and, you know, on the morning shift, guys always talking about their coffee, oh, man, you got to get a cup of coffee, to wake you up, oh, man, this coffee is amazing, oh. And I would taste it, and it tastes like garbage, right? It tastes like crap. Not literally, I don't know, you know, but... So... I drank this coffee, and often, t- you know, my, my dad bought Maxwell House when we were growing up, and my mom liked Folgers, and um, I started on to this, this journey of actually understanding what coffee tastes like, because uh, a couple years back, you know, I knew coffee to be crappy, and I, I went to, to Big B, and I get, like, the specialty drinks, like the teddy bear or whatever they call those things, and uh, is that even one of them, teddy bear? Yeah, yeah okay. It, it, that's, I think that's the one I used to get. And you know, it's it's not really coffee as much as it is like cream and sugar and just like calories. And it's terrible. Uh, but that's what I would get because that was the only coffee that I could muster. John, are you smiling? You drink the teddy bear, don't you? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Okay. Big and bad, man, you are with the teddy bear. <laughs> no. It's all good. So... So that was the only coffee that I could actually muster up and drink. But I had this, this buddy Caleb who was really big into the actual artisan coffee scene. And he'd go over to his house and he had this contraption, right? This little glass thing and it had like a plunger thing and you. And you look like, you're, I don't know, you look like a chemistry set or something. I was like, what is this? He's like, oh, you gotta try this. And he'd, he'd tell me about these beans, right? And I, I knew nothing about coffee beans. He starts telling me about these beans. He goes, oh, these beans. These beans are special. These beans are moldy. I'm like, what? He's like, <laughs> "He's like." so the, these beans are, are special because there was a certain crop of beans that a, a monsoon came through, and the beans got soaked. And they sat in all the water for a long time, and then they dried up, but in the process, they molded up. But the the tribesmen in this area decided to still grind them up and serve it, and all of a sudden it, it became this like thing, to where they would try and produce moldy beans. So he's like, oh yeah, I had, to, I had to spend extra for these these moldy beans. I'm like, that sounds ridiculous. So he's telling me about all these, and then he makes he makes another, and he goes, oh this is this is a Kenyan, yeah these beans are from Kenya, and they they taste like flowers and fruit and stone fruit. And I'm like, what the heck is a stone fruit? And he's telling me all this. Well, he pours me a, a cup of coffee and I, I drink it. I was like, hey, it's not bad. It's, it's not like the stuff that I grew up drinking. And all of a sudden I, I started going through this this whole like journey of coffee and drinking different ty- types of coffee and trying a Colombian coffee and trying a Kenyan coffee and and figuring out, okay, what's what's the coffee for me? And, and I I went through this whole thing and I started learning about the the actual roots of coffee, right? And and the cascara. So you guys wanna learn about coffee right now? That you probably don't, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. So so coffee actually starts off as like a cherry, right? It doesn't start off as a little coffee bean that you see. It starts off as as a cherry, a cascara cherry. And, and what they do is they pick these cascara cherries, they strip the actual cherry uh, meat off of the, the nut, and that's your coffee beans. So if you were to take two of your unground uh, coffee beans and you put them together, that's the nut. And so they, they lay those out on, on like the roofs out in these you know very hot climates, they grow around the equator. and They lay them out on the roof and the sun bakes them and, and ends up drying them out. So then you get these green coffee beans and then they get sent out across the world, and they get roasted, and the best time to have coffee is right at the beginning of the roasting process, right? So within a week to a week and a half after the roasting process is prime time for actually having coffee. So most of the coffee that you get, and the reason why it tastes so bitter and so crappy, is because it's already been ground, so all the oils, all the, you know, everything that was locked into that bean is now expelled, and now it's sat on the shelf at Meijer or wherever you get it from for for months, or you know the whole shipping process, or it's sat on the the warehouse uh, shelves for months. So now it's it's just not good. Every all the flavor tones, and so then they pump it full of fake flavor, right? And they they try and give it the flavoring of actual coffee, but it's never quite the same, and it doesn't do quite the trick. But it gives you caffeine, but it doesn't really you know it's you just kind of muscle it down. But if you have an actual freshly roasted coffee it tastes delicious there's all sorts of different flavor tones to it you know if you have a Colombian coffee because the earth is more uh you know groundy out there it's got more stone and, and you know very earthy soil you get a very earthy palate to it all of a sudden you start tasting like nuts and dirt and spices and stuff like that I know, I know. <laughs> you guys are like, oh, thanks for all the info. If you do a Kenyan, I'm going to continue going on. I got a point that I'm making with this. If you do a Kenyan, right, it's a very tropical region over there. Like, in, in the way of, there's a lot of fruits and a lot of native fruits that are growing around the regions, and, and you have this, this you know, soil profile that gets put into the bean, and all of a sudden you have a Kenyan bean, and it's very fruity and floral and, and all these different things, so you start to learn all these things. So... Once I started drinking this coffee, I couldn't go back to crap coffee, and I couldn't go back to these like souped-up, you know, teddy bears. Sorry, John. Uh, couldn't go back to that lifestyle because now I had experienced something that I actually enjoyed, and that because I enjoyed it, I actually started learning more. You know, and I wanted to know what the cascara berry looked like, and and now I've had cascara tea. You know, they make they take the berry and they make tea out of it, and all these different things. And I, I share all that because I'd heard years and years and years in the church this whole idea of taste and see that the Lord is good. And actually, when I, when I started, this is a revelation that I had, um, and I, I shared it with Jake a couple weeks ago, and I was so excited, just like, I love talking about this stuff. It's coffee, you know. Uh, I geek out about wine, but I'm not allowed to talk about that on stage. Um... <laughs> um Drink responsibly, don't, drunkenness is against the Bible. Uh, you gotta throw that out, you know, I'm on stage. So this whole idea of taste and see that the Lord is good, you know, I had heard that over and over and over again and that becomes this like, this very abstract idea of how am I supposed to taste the Lord and see that he's good? That makes no sense to me whatsoever. But it was this whole idea that once I tasted good coffee, I could not go back to the crap. I could not go back to, oh, Folgers, or oh, you know, this, this watered-down stuff. And that the whole thing, to that, uh, when I started, I started like bringing this to the Lord and going, man, that's a crazy revelation, God, you know, at least it's crazy for me. And he started going, yeah, and, and the thing is, unfortunately, a lot of churches go through the idea of grinding up the beans and pumping flavors in that look like like the Kingdom of God, and then they, they dish that out, and all of a sudden we get these sets of rules and, and it 's all about the the works and doing all the works and and we don 't get to actually taste and see that the Lord is good because now it 's been watered down, and now you know we 're equipped to get sent out, but we 're never brought into an encounter with Jesus Christ. So what I want to do with the rest of this time is, is bring you guys into uh, just an encounter with Jesus, an encounter with the Lord. And actually, if my ushers could start passing out the sheet, um, we have, I, I typed this out for you guys today. I didn't I didn't come up with these. These I actually took from a, a manual that we have from our Freedom Ministries class here at, at Rez. Um, so if you could take it and just pass it down as it comes and then our ushers will pass them through the different rows. But there's a thing uh, that I absolutely love called Friendship Questions with Jesus. And one thing I want to preface on here is there's some, there's some funny questions that you're going to read and you're going to go, what? Like there's a question on there that you'd take to the Lord and say, Jesus, if, if I was a color today, what color would you say I am? And that sounds like a very funny question. That sounds like a very ridiculous question. But at the same time, some of us have a difficult time going into the presence of God because we continue to think that all we're hearing is ourself. So some of these questions are designed to be so ridiculous that you can't even come up with an answer for them and you just watch God show up. Um, so as these are going through, we're going to go into uh, to just a, a quiet time here and I'll, I'll lead you through some of this. But I don't want you to, to focus on the people beside you. I don't want you to focus on um, really anything else except for jesus christ and just going into his presence and and just asking him these questions and then i just want you to to sit there and and wait for an answer and you're not going to go through and ask all the questions but i do want you to take this with you because these are great questions to ask uh when you don't know what else to talk to god about but i want you to go through there and, and just pick one of those questions that you feel like you should ask god right now whether it's a silly one whether it's a a serious one there's some of them on there um I'll say this, there's some of you in here, there's there's a question on there that says, God, do you love me? And we all know what the Bible says about that. It says that he does. But I have a strong feeling that there's some of you in here that have never actually brought that question to God because you're afraid that he'll say that he doesn't. And if that's you, I want you to ask him that question and I want you to see what he does with it. But for everyone else, just pick one of those questions on there. Sit in silence and just ask Jesus Christ the question and then wait and hear.